0: podcast at the Seattle Times. I'm Mariner's Beat writer Ryan Divish. Sitting here in the Times office, a place I very rarely go because while there's a total lack of parking and traffic from Tacoma to Seattle to the office on Denny Way, it could be best described as soul crushing. Um, But I ventured up here today because I tried out this new microphone that I used last week, but I want to see if Larry and I using it together in the same room would make some sort of improvement. Uh, I'm hoping it works. I don't know. We'll try. It's every week. I mean, I make fun of Larry about technology, but this stuff uh, and trying to figure this stuff out on my own is enough to make me want to fire a laptop through a 10-story window um, and then jump right out after it. So we are this week's episode, obviously, we are talking about Shohei Otani, of course, because that's what everybody's talking about and we discussed kind of the Mariners' first real statements on it. Jerry DiPoto on their new podcast, discussed uh, kind of the Mariners' pitch and how interested they are in signing him. This isn't new. They've always kind of been after Otani, but this is Jerry's first real public statements about it, which are odd considering Jerry likes to talk. But um, we, are, we discussed kind of what the Mariners should do, our thoughts on the, what Jerry had to say, and we also get in just to kind of what happens if they don't get Otani, specifically with their pitching staff and whether they should sign you Darvish. Um, just kind of some discussion about free agent pitching, among other things. So why don't you sit back and listen to me and Larry talking in a very small room at the Seattle Times. Uh, we're doing this a little differently than normal uh, <laughs> I came up to the Seattle Times to fight traffic or messing with a new microphone I don't know if it's gonna work very well or not um, I used it last week and then I figured with today I didn't want to have to deal with Larry Skype and everything else so came up to the office and we were sitting in uh, the Mount Pilchuck room uh, and we're recording to say something Larry. Uh,
1: I am indeed right here uh, waiting very patiently while you got your microphone to work and mentally making a note that you have no right ever to make fun of me again for for my troubles getting uh, my Skype to work. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah so we're gonna try this a little bit different. Uh, Obviously we'll start with just the the recent news. Uh, Hasashi Wakuma signed a to a minor league deal which we kind of expected um you know low risk kind of a reward type of thing any thoughts on it yeah i mean
1: i uh, to me it's it's not much of a of a deal i know some fans are seem to be upset because he had such a bad year last year why are you bringing him back but it's a extremely low risk deal he's on a minor league contract with an invite to spring training if he you know, if he doesn't show anything, he'll he'll be gone. You know, uh, two years ago he was a very good pitcher. It's worth a shot. You know, to see if he, he if he's healthy and can be good again. Uh, you know, it's the kind of move the teams make all the time. They bring three or four of these type guys to spring training on minor league contracts, and most of them don't get any farther than that. But sometimes you hit uh,
0: pay dirt. Yeah, I, I think. Look, if, if, if Sasaki Wakuma mm-hmm. is. somehow becomes a focal part of the the Mariners' rotation there speaks to more of the Mariners' rotation than Iwakuma coming back. I think he's kind of just a guy. Um, you give the contract to the guy because of what also what he's done within the organization. Sure. It's just a uh, a gesture of courtesy to a guy that's been nothing but professional. I think. And and you know if it does work, great. I mean, he does know how to get out. So that's one thing that you have to give the guy credit for.
1: And you know he's very happy in in Seattle. He he did an Instagram post today talking about you know how much he loves the city and the team and you know in your pursuit of Otani uh, he probably will check with other Japanese players to see uh, you know where they're comfortable and that can't hurt either Uh, um, so you know I don't think that was a factor in bringing him back but uh, it could be a tiny
0: little thing in their favor yeah no it doesn't hurt at all Um, you know it's just it's just another pitcher Well, they call it the pile of pitchers that they bring into spring training he's just going to be there uh, and I, I don't I don't know that he's um, particularly close with Otani. I think they're acquaintances more than anything. But again, yeah, you're right. Not have, having somebody there as a comfort level, if it helps even a little bit for the Mariners to get him or leads to the Mariners getting him, then I guess you know it was well worth the investment.
1: One interesting thing would be to me is would would he be willing to go to Tacoma for for a, a while? You know, if he's uh you know maybe shows some promise but that they're not ready to commit to him in the rotation you know would he go for six weeks and show that he could pitch well for an extended period of time if and when the Mariners have an injury or a need in their rotation which is bound to happen because it happens every year uh, so, uh, at his age and with his status, you know, who knows, I guess we'll have to ask him that when he gets here.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised if he he, he spent an extended amount of time in it. but then again, you don't know if he's going to be ready for spring training. In the uh, article in the Times, when he talked to the Japanese media there, he did not specify whether he'd be ready to go at spring training. So, there is a chance that maybe he isn't, and then you go from there. Given his service time, um, he has some options. like. There are set dates when these guys can opt out of their minor league contracts uh without having it written in uh so i mean obviously that would be a factor as well i know he wants to continue pitching so i mean we'll find out if he's any good or not i think you know by the end of last year he was throwing 84 miles an hour that just isn't going to cut it when you're right-handed it barely cuts it when you're left-handed but when you're right-handed it just wasn't working so he comes back, he's great, I, I know I like, he's a he's a total pro, it's something that the Mariners have kind of wished he was a little more fluent with the English language because they feel like he's, he does such a good job of preparing and understanding scouting reports and all the things he wants to do that they felt like it would be very beneficial for younger pitchers to learn that. I know that James Paxton has picked his brain a little bit with the help of uh, interpreter Anthony Suzuki, Suzuki to try and figure out some things. but. I know, in talking with Mel Stottlemyre, that's something he'd hope that Iwakuma could be a little bit more vocal, just in terms of teaching these guys about his preparation routine and everything else.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely something in his favor. His arm has a lot of a lot of mileage on it, though. Yeah. You know, in Japan and and here, and he's had a, a recent history of injury. You know, the Dodgers voided his contract because they didn't like what they they saw in him so you know it's uh, there's no guarantee that he's going to come back healthy with the with the problems that he's had but it's the, you know just kind of to sum up it's it's worth the risk
0: i think that's it's been pretty quiet hot stove i mean hot stone, hot stone. It's (laughs) been pretty quiet. You know, the Mariners have made their trades and Doug Fister is the only other signing. It's been kind of boring.
1: Yeah, uh, you know the winter meetings are two weeks from from today and uh, I am going to be there with you for the first time in about five or six years because I was going to be in Jacksonville with with the Seahawks and I just uh, had this epiphany that it was only two hours from Jacksonville to Orlando and the winter meetings start the day after Uh, the Uh, football game so I'm going to drive down and join you so I'm looking forward to that and you know this this could be a very active winter meetings because everything has uh, been slow leading up to it so there might be an explosion of deals although you you can never really gauge that sometimes you think there are and there's not going to be you know I've seen a few theories on that one is that Otani and Stanton situations uh, Giancarlo Stanton are sort of stymieing everybody and everything's on hold until those get resolved. Uh, Probably Otani won't be resolved until after the winter meetings. Uh, You know another theory is that Scott Boris commands uh, an insane percentage of the big name free agents who are on the market this year. So you know it's going to go at Scott's pace and Scott's pace is always slow uh, with the signings. Um, So You you just never know when these things are going to break. When you get everybody together at the winter meetings, that's often the impetus for getting some deals done. Uh, I do think it'll be an active off season, but just the timing of it is uh, is is
0: unclear at this point. All right, let's get to the uh, 195-pound Japanese phenom that's in the room—not me, (laughs) but but just instead of the elephant. uh, So uh, the other day. Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Jerry DiPoto did not make a trade, which was getting a little close because some rumors of uh, John Jay, the Mariners' interest in John Jay, a guy that they like.
1: Every uh, time you say John Jay, I want to start singing John
0: Jacob okay. Jingleheimer Schmidt, but I won't. Okay, that's good. Um, anyways, so they didn't make a trade like last season, where they traded for Taiwan, or where they traded Taiwan Walker and Cattell Marte for Mitch Haniger, Gene Segura, and, do you remember the other guy?
1: Uh, Zach uh, something. Zach Curtis. Zach Curtis. Not to be confused with Zach Lee, yeah. who was traded for... Uh, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor, did, right. we would bring that up. I'm sure that's <laughs> a bit.
0: Um, So he didn't make a trade, but the Mariners debuted their podcast on uh, that Wednesday evening before Thanksgiving. Uh, it's called, I think, what is it?
1: Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. I just, Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Wheelhouses. Wheelhouses. Yeah. With the Wheelhouse
0: with Jerry DePoto. I
1: I, I, uh, <laughs> I ran into Aaron Goldsmith at the uh, Apple Cup. He's the moderator of the uh, Wheelhouse podcast, and we were laughing a little bit at Jerry DePoto and his uh, uh,
0: his verbosity. <laughs> yes. His ability to speak without yeah. pausing yeah. for many, many minutes. So, yes, Jerry DePoto. Um, spoke with aaron goldsmith on a number of topics specifically though the main topic was shohei ohtani and the idea that the mariners would really like to sign him and it was what 15 20 minutes of him talking Uh, and prior to that point he had been very uncomfortable speaking of anything about ohtani other than generalities Uh, we tried at the end of the season we tried kind of during the season i mean he would speak Kind of to the concept of Otani, the player, but he would never speak to how much that the Mariners really wanted him. Now you realize how much they wanted him when he himself flew over there along with Tom Allison, their top kind of guy who oversees their professional scouting, and went with a couple other scouts over there to to watch Otani play uh, in person. But I kind of wrote—I think I wrote—that his dam of silence burst <laughs> on. Uh, uh, in that podcast and he talked and talked and talked all about how much they want Otani, the process why they b- believe they have a chance with Otani. when you went back and listened what did you think? well you know it was clear just in kind of retrospect that that I think all
1: the teams were leery of tampering charges and stuff like that, so they they pretty much had a muzzle on them. And once it was released, it was like like you said, a torrent of uh, like a, a burst of uh, pent up words. Um, I just came away surprised at how frank he was about their pursuit, and uh, but you know absolutely convinced that they're gonna they're going in as hard as you can go in. I mean, he said that they've been work spending pretty much all year working on <laughs> on their uh, presentation and uh, you know the little touches the movie they're gonna uh, video they're gonna give them on Seattle and the team and uh, you know Otani has sent out uh, this was the kind of the news break over the weekend and a, a questionnaire to all 30 teams with like seven or eight Detailed questions that he wants answered about the team their approach how they would use him what there's you know their city has to offer him, you know stuff like that and I think that's the sound it seems like that's in their wheelhouse that they're prepared for something like this so I'm, uh, you know I have no doubt that they're gonna make a good presentation uh, he also said they were gonna go with their a game uh, hey. and you know uh, bring in some heavyweights the implication being certainly junior Ken Griffey jr. Uh, you know and who, else, who knows who else they're going to bring as part of their team to to sway him so uh, i think they can make a pretty good presentation who knows the mystery is what he's looking for and what he's thinking um i th- i th- you know all 30 teams are want him they're, they're you'd be nuts to not at least give it a, a, a try but i think it's going to come down to five or six teams and i think the mariners will be one of those but uh, from that point on, it's really sort of what he's looking for. There's no guarantees for anybody.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. So basically, the timeline on all of this now is that the the posting system that they agreed upon with the, the Nippon Professional League and uh, and our Nippon Professional Baseball (NPB). The Players Association and MLB that has to be ratified. It's been agreed upon, but it hasn't been ratified by the owners. That will happen on Friday, I believe, mm-hmm. Friday December first, and then after that, then the free for all really can begin. And basically, on the posting system, uh, to to post for him, you have to pay nippon twenty or to what is it the uh, ham, ham fighters?
1: fighters. Oh, well, the the
0: fighters the yeah, nippon, ham nippon ham fighters. Nippon ham fighters. ham fighters. You have to pay them twenty million dollars mm-hmm. to get him. Now if you pay pay the posting fee and you don't get him, you get your $20 million back. The one one team that gets him has to pay the $20 million. So you have to be willing to pay $20 million just to get him, and then after that, what's amazing about Otani is that he signs a minor league free agent contract and essentially has six years of club control before uh, he becomes a free agent. And six years of club control at Major league minimum. Now, everybody yeah. was talking about, well, you could just extend him right away and promise him that, but what happened with the Braves and their international signing incident, a promise is made for money. And all these things, and how hard MLB cracked down on them, you can guarantee they're going to be really watching this Otani thing to make sure nobody steps out. And I think that's one of the reasons why they dropped the hammer on the Braves so hard. No question about it. That was a shot across the bow by uh, Rob Manfred,
1: the the the, uh, um, the commissioner, that you'd better not try any funny business with Otani because the you know the it's a situation that is rife with the potential for somebody to make under the table promises like okay we can only pay you this maybe what three million signing bonus max depending on how much international money you have uh, but we will will extend you for 50 million after two years or something like that you just can't do that because Uh, MLB is going to be watching that like a hawk. Uh, I did read today that he stands to make uh, a huge amount in endorsements if he comes over here, 20 million a year. So don't don't uh, feel sorry for him. He is giving up a lot of money. He would be a 200 million dollar free agent if he was a pure free agent and you're gonna get him for 500,000. That's why I said that every team in baseball would be you know they would be uh, malfeasance on their part not to try to get this guy.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's why they're going to watch it so closely because this situation doesn't come around very often. And really, he, he's doing a favor to Major League Baseball by doing it this way two years sooner. I mean, he, he's giving up a lot of money, but he's coming here. The peak of excitement for everything about this guy is really on a high. So I, I think, yeah, MLB will be watching them very closely. Now, to go over it, the Texas Rangers have the most money, mm-hmm. just over $3 million in their international signing bonus. Um what what is that noise? I just
1: something's I rattling in here. Oh, okay.
0: Uh let me move my chair. Yeah, it's my. I have a huge butt.
1: <laughs> well, there isn't. Speaking of huge butts, there's a certain mix a lot of room in this uh, <laughs> office that we have. Okay, <laughs> maybe we
0: should move there. Yeah, okay, if we could actually find it. Um. So, anyways, the Mariners or the Yankees have about. Three million. The Rangers are right behind them. I think the Mariners are like fourth, or
1: fourth or fifth. Yeah, one and a half million or something. Yeah, like about one point five million. So it's, and, it's, and you can add to that too by making deals for. Uh, you Believe it or not, for fans that aren't don't aren't familiar with this because it's not very old. The system you could trade players for for international money, which the, was what the Mariners did with Tiago to the where do you go White Sox. White Sox. White Sox. So Four or five hundred thousand dollars that they could add to the pool of money that they could throw at Otani so uh, I think there'll be many more moves like that teams that know they have no chance uh, can can make a pretty good deal with teams that do uh, get a
0: player by giving them some of their money yeah and, and that's something that uh, Depoto mentioned that he would try to do though I think because it's a finite amount of dollars in a team's in a team's um, uh, international pool, that the price for that those that money is going to go up, like in terms of what you have to give up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot more.
1: Tiago is a pretty good prospect to 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 give for for money, you know, for for money that you can spend on on a prospect, uh, an international prospect. And uh, just as an aside, uh, they can also use that money to go after. The, 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 we were talking about the Braves and their penalty. Part of their penalty was that. Like six or seven really highly touted international free agents from Latin America that they signed illegally were declared free agents. And now it's, there's going to be another free for all going after those guys. And now, you know, uh, the Mariners have some money
0: for that as well. Yeah, Kevin Mike the, yeah. Tom, the, the shortstop, the switch hitting shortstop, who's supposedly the next Mickey Cabrera. Although. He reading, reading, reading Baseball America,
1: his stars on the decline. Uh, he had, is he, he probably
0: had, Carlos Triantra level? I, I I
1: yeah, the, the thing is, he, he, all these... Uh, uh, um, assessments are based on guys that when they're 15 years old, and having had very recent uh, experience with 15 year year olds, what you see at 15 no way resembles what they are at 18 or 19, so you know, you're throwing a lot of money at at guys who aren't even high school sophomores, so there's no guarantee that any of those guys are going to be what you think they
0: are. I'm curious, if you were the Mariners, how would you How would you, what would you be the first thing you really preach to Otani that, you know, why you should come to Seattle? Uh, I think I would preach
1: the, how comfortable he would be here. I think I'd I'd throw, you know, Iwakuma and Ichiro and Jojima and Sasaki, you know, that they've had a proven history of success with Japanese players, Hasegawa. and start from there, and then I would, you know, it's obviously hugely important to him that he get the chance to be a two-way player. That's what makes him such an intriguing free agent, is that he, as DePoto said, he's seen guys who could throw 100 miles an hour, and he's seen guys that can hit 500-foot home runs. He's never seen anyone who the same player can do both, and this guy- that's because he never scouted me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, that he has a chance to revolutionize baseball in a way, uh, you know, not since Babe Ruth has there been a guy who really was uh, excelled at, at both of those elements, and, you know, I know a lot of people in baseball are skeptical that you could be a two-way player, I think that's the next frontier, I mean, I mean look at all the guys uh, coming up, the best player on every Legion team, every high school team was usually their best pitcher and their best hitter and then they have to go specialize but why not uh, you know why not I think there are guys capable of being stars at both of them and once Ota- if and when Otani does it I think that will open the gates for a few other guys that there are a few guys in the minors right now who are trying it so I think that's kind of the next frontier with baseball but I would I, I think they need to make a very convincing case that, uh, that he can do that in Seattle and DePoto already said that the Nelson Cruz he's willing to move Nelson Cruz to the outfield to open up DH spots for uh, Otani so I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah I, I, that surprised me too because this is a team that values run prevention but again you know Otani is just different so you do make some concessions and they, they could probably play him at first base if they had to. I mean, the guy is a pretty good athlete they could probably play him in the outfield if they had to though he had ankle surgery just recently. Um, yeah, I would go with the the whole Japanese culture, um, a little bit of that, you know. It's like an all Japanese show, we're talking about Iwakuma Otani, you got me hosting it. Um, yeah, uh, I think I would play off of that a little bit, some of the strengths. Uh, you're, you're right that this is a city that understands those kinds of players. We have pretty strong Japanese culture around here. Uh, I think that's something, you know, I don't think he... In certain places, it would be overwhelming. I don't think it would be overwhelming here. Uh, he is, you know, where he played at is not a huge city. Uh, it's not like New York or anything like that. So it, maybe that's something he's more comfortable with. Uh, from a playing standpoint, yeah, I would preach to him. I would show him that, yeah, we can use you in all these different ways. And I do think of all the GMs, GMs, M's. Jerry is one of the more thinkers in that way or at least purports to be you know how they did it this year with their wolf pack, starting pitching out of necessity, things like that. It's different thinking. He is he is not afraid to try something different. In fact, I think he kind of revels in it. So I, I am curious. I know that I talked to some of their, some people within the organization that they had their baseball ops and their analytics guys and everything coming up with a very detailed plan about not only how they would use him but why it would be successful for him. I think one thing, if he came over, and I think we discussed this a little bit, but would you go with the six man rotation?
1: I think uh, if they have a hard enough time finding five starters, but I uh, um, you could also go with a five-man, you know
0: some guys going every fifth day and some guys getting extra. Like the five and a half man. Yeah, I, I think like I, in talking with some people, they they kind of thought that maybe by doing necessarily six and a half, but or six man, but maybe a five and a half man rotation, that Paxton and Felix would be able to stay healthier if they were working more traditionally. And now Japanese pitchers the way their schedule sets so up, they have an off day every day in the yeah. middle of the week. And so he pitches on every every six days instead of every fifth day. If you recall, remember Iwakuma really struggled with that. That mm-hmm. first year he came over pitching every fifth day. He was just fatigued. It took him a little while to build up. Yeah. He was coming off some shoulder stuff, but that's why he started in the bullpen that year is because he couldn't recover fast enough from the start. Uh, I wonder if to kind of help him assimilate into this kind of structure of baseball, a five and a half man rotation, wouldn't be the best thing for him, for Iwakuma, or for uh, Felix and for Paxton as well.
1: That'd be, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that that is something that they will uh, think about and possibly go to. It could be, you know, certainly a guy like Felix with his health issues it might be helpful to him. I mean Paxton is a guy, he's an interesting case. He's had some health issues but he's also a guy you want there out there as often as possible. I mean you'd you'd love to have him out there every fifth day so you know maybe you could keep him on a
0: five man somehow. I don't know.
1: how you make that work
0: but well, uh, with, with the way they have the the schedule now with the increased number of off days per week mm-hmm. i think you could make that where you skip your fifth guy or yeah. five and a half man and just kind of balance it out and, and play around with it to get those guys yeah maximum rest it, it would be interesting and that's something you'd have to be very creative with and i think that's something that you you also tell them is like look we're going to try and make this as similar to your, your routine that you mm-hmm. have so i think it was uh, he pitched every Sunday mm-hmm. is that what Otani did in I Japan think so, I think so yeah. it was like every Sunday he dh the first three days of the week and they'd have the off day he'd take a couple of days off and then he would pitch yeah uh, you know I, I don't know if they can do that here but they, I'm certain they could find a way to be creative and use him and uh, it would be I mean you have to think like that's like must viewing at any point. I mean, he's going to be the most watched player from the time he steps onto a field here in the U.S.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's there's going to be such curiosity about, you know, can a guy do it both ways? Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. That's not going to be easy for him, you know. Uh, there's been guys, you know, Darvish and... Uh, guys who come over here with a lot of attention, some thrived, some struggled. Uh, you know, Matt, the two Matsuis who came over here, Hideki was good, the uh, the little Matsui was kind of flamed out. Um, so, yeah, you're right, I think he's gonna be the most watched player in a long, long time. I think, you know, you mentioned what the Mariners would try to sell. I think one thing they're gonna have to uh, convince him on is their competitiveness. It, you know. Uh, it's going to be hard to match. The Yankees are going to come hard after him. They're the Yankees. They're going to be uh, a playoff team almost certainly. They're coming off a, a playoff year. The Mariners haven't been in the playoffs for uh, 16 years as we all know. Uh, you know, if he, 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 he may want to go to a place where he's assured of winning and assured of being in the postseason. So they're going to have to come up with a way to one, convince them that they're a, a contender, and, you know maybe they could sell the fact that he could be the one the, the one that leads him out of this drought and be a hero and all that sort of thing appeal to his sort of competitiveness that way that he you know instead of going to a place where they're already good he can help make this team uh, bring, bring them where they've never been and then uh, uh, You know, become uh, that that could be another
0: feather for him. So, I mean, yeah, the Yankees have kind of some tradition, you know, (laughs) success. They're in the playoffs. And then, like, if you wanted to say, look, you're you're joining a core of young groups, sure, the Mariners have Hanniger and Gamble. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yankees got Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge. Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, Yeah, Frazier. Glaber-Torres will be up by the yeah. end of the year. No,
1: they, they, yeah, that, that's going to be powerful. And the Dodgers, you know, you, you know the Dodgers are going to be in on this. And uh, uh, who else? The Rangers have a strong presence in Japan. Everybody keeps listing them as one of the strong favorites because of the ties that they have. Uh, they've been in the playoffs as recently as two years ago. They, they kind of faded last year. Uh, who else? The Padres, uh, that mean the Padres... Uh, Are another team that people are pointing at because they have some ties to to Otani as well I think they hired a strength coach or something like that Uh, but they certainly don't have the winning uh, that they could sell either like what the Mariners huh
0: yeah would you if you were Jerry Depoto, given the team that you have uh, looking at your pitching staff would you sign you Darvish and then also trying to get Otani, if, if it was green-lighted by John Stanton, those guys yeah. should they do it too? Yeah, I mean
1: I already I wrote that basically, uh, so I got to stand by it, and I believed it then, and I believe it now. They, you know, with, if they don't get Otani, and right now I think you have to assume they're not going to get Otani just because of the competition. You know, they may get him, but if they have a forty percent chance, that means they, they have a sixty percent chance they're not going to get him. So uh you, you've got to augment that pitching staff and darvish to me is a you know notwithstanding how he did in his two World Series starts um, is a good guy for this team uh, he's a front he's a front of the rotation guy that's there's not many of them available on the free agent market you know Arietta and him are, are the two leading guys probably uh, and as a bonus it could help you get uh, Ohtani, who wears the he wears his number in honor of uh, Darvish, uh, plays. You know, Darvish came from the 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 Fighters, Nippon Ham Fighters. Uh, They were never teammates, but I, uh, you know, they are acquaintances from my understanding. And and, uh, Darvish is his hero, so I think you you could make a case for Darvish without Ohtani, but as a package, I think it's a great uh, possibility.
0: Yeah, one. worrying about whether or not you Darvish is good in the postseason if you're the Mariners. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But two, uh, yeah, if you don't get Otani, you still have Darvish. You still need right. that guy. I mean, and essentially, like, you don't know what Otani's going to do as a pitcher or a hitter. I mean, you have a pretty good idea. You've scouting. He has all this talent. There could be an adjustment level. You know what you Darvish is as a starter in this league. Uh, and, and I think that's important. And it, it, it just to rely on felix hernandez at this point in his career is just not ideal so you have james paxton who when healthy and that's always the biggest kind of caveat there when healthy is one of the best but um you know he is he yet to make 30 starts in a season he's yet to go 200 innings at least at the big league level um so you, you still need that other guy i just don't think Look, if, if they don't get Otani and they don't sign Darvish, you're you're rolling out with a, with a, a starting rotation that's James Paxton, Felix Hernandez, Mike Leake, Marco Gonzalez, and Erasmo Ramirez. That that's not getting you to the wild card. I'm sorry, it's just not. I don't no. care what you know metrics you tell me or what you've seen or whatever. Leake was great. Uh, there's going to be some aggression uh, from what he did for the Mariners. You still don't know about Felix. He hasn't pitched a full season in the last two years, neither has Paxton. Erasmus was okay, and, and Marco Gonzalez really gave you nothing to be confident about other than, you know, he's the end of the year healthy. So... No, I totally agree. You can't go back in with this this rotation.
1: And even if they don't get either of those two, I, I don't think he's going to stand pat. I mean, there's still other options. Yeah. You can
0: make a trade or something. But, and I know uh, they, there's other free agents. I don't think they're going to go after Arietta. I think Darvish is the special case where they might give him more money than... And on the free agent market I know they like Alex Cobb I mean they seem to like all raised pitchers though that hasn't worked out for them. <laughs> <laughs> no well, no. I think
1: that in a strange way his postseason issues may have helped the Mariners no. because one it might make a few more teams leery of him because that's the last impression it will drive his price down some you know he's still gonna make a uh, an awful lot um, it, he's gonna sign a contract that's gonna make you shake your head I'm sure but every every free agent signs a contract that makes you shake your head these days but uh, I think I think that it'll open up his market just a little bit and drive his price down some from if he had gone out there and and, uh, you know pitched a shutout in the in the World Series and
0: you know had two great starts then he'd be off the charts right now. Well yeah you're still giving him five years uh, yeah. probably twenty some million dollars a year. And you probably regret that the three years
1: into it too um, no matter what but there's hardly any free agent contract now of of four or more years, where you're where you're signing it, and not knowing that, uh, not conceding that the end of it is going to be very bad for you, as is the case with, let's face it, Robinson Cano. By the time he rolls around to the end of that, you're going to be counting down the the days
0: until that thing's done, like the Angels are with Albert Pujols. Yeah, the Mariners. I, I really don't think when they when when they signed Felix to the extension, I don't think they thought he would fall off a cliff this badly at the end. I mean, he's owed fifty million dollars. Yeah. Um, over the next couple of years, uh, and 50 plus I think is like 27? Yeah, it's over 25. Yeah, and, and and you're really, I think when they initially signed that, they thought, you know, maybe that last year, maybe there would be an injury at play that, you know, because they had the elbow stuff that was reported, but I don't think that it, they thought it was going to be this drastic a drop-off, because it just seemed to be, yeah. you know, but,
1: but you had to know that was a possibility. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, look at a, the guy I, I sort of compare him to is Johan Santana. The the Mets gave that big contract to at about the same point in his career, and he gave him a couple of good years, and then he just uh, you know, he had a serious injury and dropped off the face of the earth. And uh, I think Felix can be have a better finish than Santana did. But when you have a pitcher with that kind of mileage who reaches 30, 31, Uh, It's not unheard of for there to be this precipitous drop and it's really hard to get it back. You know, Verlander, we've talked about it before, uh, he's a shining example of a guy who got it back and you gotta hope that Felix can,
0: can tap into some of that. Justin Berlin is a shining example of life. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <I know>. He's <laughs> Mary Kate Upton. He's just a shining example of what yeah. of everything that could be, will we'll never be for anyone. I know
1: he's your uh, your man crush, but
0: uh. hey, look, I I've stood next to Kate Upton from about seven feet away. Uh, I was at the uh, I managed to be in the same facility as the the Astros when they were celebrating their AL West the title, and she was right there dancing. And I've said this before. Any guy out there that thinks they can date a model, no, you really cannot date a model. You just can't. One, they're going to be taller than you. I'm not tall, they're still gonna be taller than you unless you're about 6'5". And two, it is the most intimidating thing in the world. You just can't. Well, since my wife may listen to this, I'll say, I don't even want to date a model. I'm married to a model. (laughs) She's gonna call (laughs) you a liar when you get home. Um, What do you expect in the next because Otani can't post I mean what are we expecting you think everybody's just going to kind of stand still and wait
1: or well like we were we were talking at lunch today uh, you know if you're a team that needs offensive help and needs a front of the rotation pitcher and you think you have a shot at Otani you're kind of stalled on both ends Uh, so it will have a little bit of a uh, cool cooling down effect I think on the market and I had hoped that it would be resolved at the winter meetings but if they you know since he's not even posting until Friday the winter meetings start eight days after that eight or nine days I don't think that's quick enough by even close to teams being able to make their case him doing a round of interviews probably flying to the cities to check them out They're the finalists this might go till the end of December or into January so uh you know business will get done but uh you know the other thing is stanton the 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 five or six teams that are going hard after him uh have to wait to see how that plays out and then as i mentioned earlier when you have boris uh, controlling seven or eight prime free agents you know this might be a january market other than some uh some minor deals uh, Trades and stuff that 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 will go down in December, but uh, the more I think about it, I think it could be. Uh you know, a while before anything really
0: significant happens. Well that's great, just break this up. No, I, I, you're probably right, I mean, every year there's a couple guys that hold up the entire market. Last year it was Chris Sale and mm-hmm. Willie trade Trader or not. One, right now, the Mariners don't have enough prospects to get Mike Stanton, <laughs> okay, or Giancarlo Stanton. They don't have the prospects, nor would he want to come here based on his trade thing. Yeah, like, no full no trade clause. Full so. no trade, and then you run the risk of him opting out after next year, which could happen i mean now if he goes to dodgers probably not or even the giants that's where he's from california that's the big hold up with the the cardinals is whether or not he would opt out after they acquired him because he has an opt-out in his contract right.
1: and the opt-out as i've heard baseball people explain it's very anti-club because you only opt out if you are doing great if yeah. you if you're doing poorly Uh, the club is stuck with him because he's going to want to play out his his contract. Who's that?
0: Wei-Yin Chen. Yeah, right. From Baltimore, who's in... He just... He he didn't opt out because he's been pretty and awful. Right. No, so I, I... the one thing is, you mentioned, like, because Watani's going to take time. Look, the Mariners pitching is still an issue, like we said, regardless. And I don't think that they're in a position where they can sit there and say, look, we're going to get Otani for sure. I think they believe they're in the top five. One, because they have top five money. Two, they have the Japanese history. Too. I'm certain that they've had, you know, at least cursory idea of what, you know, Otani's looking for. Uh, but I think you act... Quickly, If they believe that Darvish is going to help them, then you should act quickly. He's not a porous guy. Uh, that That is something that can get taken care of. And in the end, it could help you mm-hmm. in the recruitment of Otani. So, you know, I'm not to tell Jerry DePoto to work quickly on something. He's already <laughs> made three trades. But, I mean, if you believe that, I, I'm curious. I don't know. It's not that they don't have the money. I'm wondering whether or not Jerry would want to commit... Six years to you, Darvish, or five, or whether the ownership would want to do that. I mean, obviously, he has spoken, and you've talked pitching with him. He knows the regression of these pitchers after three to four years. You know, in a six-year deal, he knows about lost cost. But at the same time, they're running out of chances to actually be good, and they don't have any pitchers in the pipeline that are. Are look like starters that are frontline level starters coming up within their organization. They just don't. You can go through the list. The number one starting pitching prospect, probably in terms of overall talent, is Sam Carlson, the kid they drafted this year, the second pick. And Andrew Andrew
1: Moore, you know, he he looks to me like a guy that could be a maybe a middle of the rotation guy if everything breaks, or a number four guy. So you know, he was. Yeah, everyone was excited about him, and uh, you know certainly not writing him off or anything but he's it doesn't look like he's a front end of the rotation guy and carlson's a few years away and there's really not much else <laughs> in the system so yeah and uh, there's also the fact that i think you know you've this is not a reason to make a move but you do need to do something to show the fans that you are serious uh and a, and signing a guy like darvish is is a statement, I think, and sometimes those statements backfire. If you're trying to make show fans, and you you make bad, you know, you show them you win the off season, you win the winter, but then it turns into a disaster, and nobody gives you credit beyond that that day or two. If uh, the guy turns out to be a bust, so you know that makes it a very tough decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, but yeah, you know, you're right, and, and there are some risks with all these guys. But I mean, for I mean, you can measure what you Darvish has done, you know, in the big leagues. Regardless of what he did in the postseason, for the he's been an above-average pitcher in the big leagues. I and mean, he had the he had the one time with the Tommy John, but he's back. He's healthy from that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can. Beyond Darvish or Arietta, I guess Lance Lynn and Alex Cobb. Those, those are the guys that are kind of yeah. frontline guys. After that, it's a bunch of guys you already have. Right, yeah. They've got enough of you, those guys. I, look, I, I, we've said before that the odds of them winning the division seem unlikely just given on paper what the talent the Astros have. But I don't see them being, you know, you're all four number fours and four number fours and fives with Paxton as your de facto ace and trying to get to the wild card. I don't necessarily believe that's any better.
1: No, I mean, uh, Jerry's real high on Marco Gonzalez, uh, but he hasn't shown anything yet at the major league level. Uh, Erasmo looked good, but I mean, we've all seen (laughs) Erasmo. You're not, uh, you know, he's not a guy that you can really count on. Uh, Leak looked very good if you told me that Paxton and Felix would stay healthy I'd feel a lot better about their chances but who who can make that assurance you certainly can't so you you need a few more sure thing high-end options and uh, uh, Darvish would be that and as a bonus he could help lure uh, Otani. and it probably would be nice
0: to get him done before Ohtani makes his decision Uh. Real quickly, Friday is the deadline for non-tender for arbitration eligible guys. Do the Mariners tender Drew Con- Drew Smiley a contract or non-tender him? Uh,
1: I think they non-tender him with the understanding that they're going to sign him back uh, because you know he's not going to pitch this year, right? I mean, I mean,
0: he, he had surgery in August. Mm-hmm. twelve month, twelve to thirteen month recovery. We've discussed that Drew's not the quickest healer yeah. in the world. Uh, what would you really get? I mean you know, he's yeah. coming back off of Tommy John so it's not like you know it's usually a year away from that. Right
1: and in a lot of those kind of cases the team the, the player feels a sense of obligation to the to the team that that, that uh, you know nursed him through the, the medically um, he's not gonna have a huge market coming off of that that uh, surgery so uh, I would say don't tender him but but bring him back so that you can you know when he does get healthy? Maybe towards the end of the year, you could, you can, you can have him, and then with the, with the thought that maybe by next year he'll be Drew Smiley again.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I'm Talking with some people within the organization, they're up, they're willing to do that to do a two-year deal. Yeah, uh, for less that's money. that's the other option too. Two-year, two-year three, deal yeah. for less money and you know basically not pay the high arbitration of which i think would be over five million i think he got five million this year yeah. on arbitration you can't make 20 per, you can't make more than 20 percent less than what you made the year before so yeah there's so no way you should be you should pay him 4 5, million. five four yeah. million or whatever yeah. for one month maybe right um so yeah i guess if you can get a two-year deal get him healthy maybe have him pitch some winter ball to build up his innings and get his feel back and then you have him for the beginning of next year you take that chance um if they're tender and he kind of has a, an open market or whatever to sign my guess is he doesn't sign you know with Seattle like if it gets to the point where he's allowed you know he goes and looks at other teams he lives in Dallas I guess he would probably want to stay closer to there but who knows like you know usually when you're rehabbing an injury like that you're not with a team specifically in Seattle or anything that way so that's that's pretty much their only non-tender candidate I guess they could non-tender Andrew Romine, the utility guy that they acquired, because he's going to make about 1.6 million. But I, I mean, I think they acquired him knowing that's what they're going to be willing to pay based on that, anyways.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, you I forgot to admit I did forget, and I, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend too much time <laughs> worrying about whether they tender. <laughs> Romine, there's Romine brothers, right? Isn't there another Romine, the catcher with the uh,
0: Yankees, Austin, Austin Romine? Yeah. 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 They, they were part of that huge fight, you know, with oh. the Yankees and the... All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think we can wrap it up for this. We got most of it done. I hope this sounds all right because I'm not going back and re-recording it, again, mm, so you're know. just going to have to deal with it Yeah. or through the tef- technical issues beyond that. This week's edition of the Extra News podcast. Thanks to Larry Stone for for doing that, doing our weekly discussion. Thanks to Midnight Salvage Company, the official band of the Extra News podcast, for all the bumper music. Uh, really appreciate those guys giving us those MP3s to use. Uh, I got some really good feedback uh, last week after the first podcast about possible topics that we'll cover or to cover. Uh, definitely going to work those in. Obviously, with the Otani stuff, that was kind of the most pressing thing. What I'm going to try and do on Thursday, I believe, is I'm recording a podcast with Jay Jaffe of Sports Illustrated to to discuss uh, Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame and my vote and some other stuff. So uh, we'll probably have that on Friday morning. But uh, again, thanks for listening. As always, if you have any feedback or questions or anything else, comments, um, just feel free to get a hold of me at my Times email at rdivish at Seattle Times or on Twitter at Ryan Divish or my Weird Professional Facebook page, which I actually am starting to post from again. So thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon.